the danger of the rich and powerful man bubble. It was a mistake a flock of geese wouldn't make. It was a mistake nature and evolution have designed against in all animal life. But a small group of humans keep making it over and over again, and our Supreme Court has made the situation far, far worse. There's a reason Donald Trump just came out against the United States Constitution, and it's not because he's simply a fascist or that the guy he paid to show up for his classes in prep school and college didn't fill him in on civics. It's the same reason he publicly had dinner with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes instead of, as when he was in the White House, keeping his dinners with Mark Zuckerberg and others who helped him win the White House in 2016 private. Trump has now made the same mistake Napoleon made, the same mistake Hitler made, the same mistake Putin made when he invaded Ukraine. It's the mistake the business press says Elon Musk is making, as did Sam Bankman-Fried and Mike Lindell. It's the mistake Xi Jinping Xi Jinping is making right now governing China. All these rich and powerful men had or have the same thing in common. They believed their brilliance or success in one area meant they were brilliant and would be successful in all endeavors. As a result of this false belief, each surrounded themselves with yes-men and lived in a bubble leading to bad, poorly informed decision-making processes. A decade or so ago, a guest on my program who had been an advisor to President George H.W. Bush, the late Stephen Cohen, shared an observation that stuck with me for years. He said words to the effect of, American presidents used to bring in people from both sides or multiple sides of an argument to inform them. Increasingly, they only want to hear opinions that mirror their own. Last week, Brian Klass published a thought-provoking article titled The Myth of the Secret Genius, arguing that when people become really, really rich, our society has a tendency to assume they're super, super smart. As a result, they begin to believe it themselves. Science, however, shows they're not that much smarter than the rest of us, and certainly not smarter than your average physicist. They just mostly got lucky. Right time, right place, combined with the relationships and resources to exploit the opportunity and, most often, the ruthlessness. Nonetheless, these wealthy and powerful people come to believe the same mythology class identified, that they're secret geniuses. Once they've concluded the truth of their own infallibility, they stop listening to people whose opinions contradict their own. And that's the first step toward their downfall. In the business world, this leads to the dysfunctional leadership styles currently being ascribed by the business press to Bankman, Freed, Zuckerberg, and Musk. But in the political world, it's much, much more deadly to society because as government becomes less and less democratic, it becomes more and more lethal. History is littered with examples of such men starting wars or selling products they knew kill other people or could even wipe out life on the planet, all because they thought they were the smartest guy in the room. History also shows that the only thing that can prevent such disasters is democracy. Democracy in which the people actually choose their leadership, and those leaders, therefore, are responsible, are responsive excuse me, to the people. Or, in the business context, input and power held by labor as well as management, like with strong unions. The two most important features of governmental democracy are an open, honest debate about policy and the ability of the people to express their choice of the debate's winner through a vote available to all citizens. But a series of decisions by five and now six corrupt Republicans on the Supreme Court have put a shiv in the back of both. The court has empowered the richest among us, 
and decisions having to do with media, corporate monopolies, and bribing politicians to dominate political debate to the point it's become largely meaningless. As a result, only rarely are the policy wants of the majority of the American people actually put into law these days because so many politicians are bought off by the morbidly rich and massive corporate monopolies. The court has also, by endorsing radical gerrymandering and voter roll purges, given the GOP such an electoral advantage that in some states Democrats would have to win well over 60% of the vote to have any meaningful representation or power in state houses and states' congressional delegations. A threat like this to democracy is also a threat to all life on Earth, because, at its simplest, democracy could be described as the ultimate human survival behavior. From the earliest appearance of Homo Homo sapiens 300,000 years ago, the great challenge for every group of humans was finding a way to survive, both in the face of environmental challenges like predators, food scarcity, and local climate variations, and to survive predation from other nearby groups of humans covetous of local resources. A massive body of scientific literature, most accumulated over the past century, shows that group decision-making is almost always superior to decision-making by charismatic individuals or small groups of people who've managed to ring-fence resources that give them great wealth and power over others. We see this across the animal world with swarm, flock, and school behavior, and we see it across across world human history. It's universal. Democracies are most robust when the people lead politicians who are responsible to popular opinion. They're most fragile when politicians can ignore public opinion because they've seized the power to choose their voters and dictate the terms of governance. Dynamic, advanced democracies like Germany in the 1920s can find themselves in crisis within a decade when a single charismatic leader and his select in-group become the nation's sole decision-makers. We were almost there with with the Trump presidency, and it may well end up back there with DeSantis or another Trump wannabe. From Putin's disastrous attack on Ukraine to the government of Iran and Afghanistan being controlled entirely by a small subset of religious men, we see the calamitous consequences of rule by the few. Thus, we find that democracy, a system of decision-making and rule-making that most efficiently encompasses the collective wisdom of the group, is a survival system every bit as important as technology, from stone tools to weapons of war to rocket ships. Democracy doesn't rule out leadership or hierarchies of wealth or power. Rather, it specifies that the power determining how those hierarchies are formed, maintained, and determined, who's in charge, in other words, comes from, as Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence, the consent of the governed, and we get there through voting. This use of voting democracy is so universal that it's not limited to human beings. In the Declaration of Independence's first paragraph, Jefferson wrote that the laws of nature and nature's God compelled America's founders to reject British oligarchy and embrace democracy. It got him into a small fight with the Declaration's main editor, John Adams, who thought it should be the Christian God. But Jefferson prevailed. His deist friends like George Washington, Dr. Benjamin Rush, and Ben Franklin knew what he meant. Nature and God were the same thing, interpenetrating each other. And they operate by certain rules of nature that are as universal to humans as they are to all other animals on earth. But was he right? Is nature actually democratic? 
biologists Tim Roper and L. Conrad at the School of Biological Sciences, University of Sussex, England, studied this issue in animals. We've always assumed that the alpha or leader animal of the herd or group makes the decision, and the others, others follow, like the human kings and queens of old. The leader knows best, we believe. He or she is prepared for that genetically by generations of Darwinian natural selection. But it turns out that there's a system for voting among animals, from honeybees to primates, that we've just never noticed because we weren't looking for it. Many authors have assumed despotism without testing for democracy, they note in Nature, because the feasibility of democracy, which requires the ability to vote and to count votes, is not immediately obvious in non-humans. Stepping into this vacuum of knowledge, the two scientists decided to create a testable model that compares the synchronization costs of despotic and democratic groups. Conrad and Roper discovered that when a single leader, what they call a despot, or a small group of leaders, the animal equivalent of an oligarchy, make choices, the swings into extremes of behavior tend to be greater and more dangerous to the long-term survival of the group. Because in a despotic model, the overall needs of the entire group are measured only through the lens of the leader's needs. Wrong decisions could be often made, could be made often enough to put the survival of the group at risk. With democratic decision-making, however, the overall knowledge and wisdom of the entire group, as well as the needs of the entire group, come into play. The outcome is less likely to harm anybody, and the group's probability of survival is enhanced. Democratic decisions are more beneficial primarily because they tend to produce less extreme decisions, they note in the abstract of their paper. Britain's leading mass circulation science journal, New Scientist, looked at how Conrad and Roper's model actually played out in the natural world. They examined the behavior of a herd of red deer, which are social animals with alpha leaders. What they found was startling. Red deer always behaved democratically. When more than half the animals were pointing at a particular waterhole, for example, the entire group would then move in that direction. In the case of real red deer, James Randerson noted, the animals do indeed vote with their feet by standing up. Likewise, with groups of American bu- uh, African buffalo, individuals decide where to go by pointing in their preferred direction. The group takes the average and heads that way. This explains in part the flock, swarm, and school nature of birds, gnats, and fish. With each wing beat or fin, fin motion, each member is voting for the direction the flock, swarm, or school should move. When the 51% threshold is hit, the entire group moves as if telepathically synchronized. Dr. Tim Roper told me, quote, quite a lot of people have said, my gorillas do that or my animals do that. On an informal, anecdotal basis, it's, uh, the article seems to have triggered an, oh yes, that's quite true, reaction in field workers. I asked him of his theory that animals, and by inference, humans in their natural state operating democratically, contradicted Darwin. He was emphatic. I don't think it's at variance with Darwin. So the point about this model is that democratic decision-making is best for all the individuals in the group, as opposed to following a leader, a dominant individual. So we see it as an individual selection model, and so it's not incompatible with Darwin at all. Democracy, it turns out, is the norm in the animal kingdom for the simple reason that it confers the greatest likelihood the group will survive and prosper. When democracies begin to drift away from this fundamental principle and those who have accumulated wealth and the political power typically associated with it acquire the ability to influence or even control the rulemaking process, democracy begins to fail. 
when this process becomes advanced, democracies typically more first into oligarchies, where we largely are now, and then dictatorships, where Trump just proposed to take us. When the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a series of decisions between 1976 and 2013 that it is mere free speech protected by the First Amendment when wealthy people or corporations nakedly buy and bribe political figures to alter the rules in a way that benefits themselves, they placed a cancer at the heart of our democracy that is now significantly metastasized. The great challenge of our day is going to be to excise that disease, to wrest control of our economic and political systems away from the small group of billionaires and politically active corporations that have seized it. These men, mostly, and CEOs, have, like Trump and Putin, come to believe their own BS, as the old expression goes. It blinds them to the larger impact of their political machinations on all of society, all of human humanity, all life on planet Earth. Instead, they welcome the corruption the Supreme Court put into place with Citizens United, which gives that tiny slice of morbidly rich people such, more, such massive power. They welcome it because they think, being secret geniuses, that they're deserving of it and uniquely know best how to use it. To the extent that the United States is still a democracy and lacking a legislature or court system willing to challenge America's oligarchs, the only option left to Americans to save our nation and the world from these secret geniuses is to soundly reject them and their bought-off shills at the ballot box. It won't be easy, but if this is not accomplished soon, our current marginally democratic oligarchy will become a dictatorship with a thin facade of democracy, much like modern-day Hungary or Russia. And that's not just a threat to Americans. It's a threat to all life on Earth.